I consume termites. I also consume the grasshopper, locust, and cricket. That's Jacob Anankware, and you're listening to Ending Hunger and Malnutrition. Can it really be done? I'm Sivan Youssef, Senior Program Manager at the International Food Policy Research Institute, IFPRI. On this podcast, we talk to the world's top scientists, policymakers, and practitioners about ending hunger and malnutrition in under a decade. We teamed up with a group of passionate, engaged public health grad students at the University of Michigan. Each episode, one of the students will conduct an interview for us. Entomology is the scientific study of insects, and entomophagy is the practice of eating them. Insects are abundant, nutritious, and environmentally sustainable, especially when you compare them to meat. Isa Kajowski talks to Jacob Anankwari, an entomologist from Ghana who has one mission, to put edible insects on every dining table around the world in the next 10 years. My company raises insects for food, feed, and nutrition. We believe that insects, which are very nutritious, have the capacity to mitigate malnutrition, especially in developing countries. So we took it upon ourselves to identify those edible insects that can be read at the household level with very simple equipment and materials, especially organic waste, which otherwise will cause environmental health problems. Wow, so eating insects, that's not something that we hear about every day. First off, what is this called? This is called entomophagy. Entomophagy. Yes, I am an entomologist. So entomology is the study of insects, and entomophagy is the act of consuming insects. Wow, so just I have to ask, do you yourself consume insects? Yeah, yeah, I consume insects. I love insects, and I prefer termites to chicken on any day. In what form are you consuming these insects? Um, actually, I consume insects as whole, and I can use them to prepare stews, soups, and just take them as snack. For instance, I consume the larvae of the African palm weevil, that is the Richomphorus phoenicis. I consume termites, what most Americans will use pesticides to control. <laughs> they are a source of nutrition. To most of us in Africa. I also consume the grasshopper, locust, and crickets. Okay, so let's go back to this concept of how insects can be the future of solving malnutrition. How do you think that is? Isa, insects are the most diverse species of animals on earth with over 1 million identified species. And they are, can be found on every part of the world. You can find insects in the in the water, in the air, I mean underground, and in the atmosphere. One thing that we have to realize is that according to the FAO, by 2050 we'll have 9.2 billion people in this world. 3 billion will be living in urban slums. There will be 30% less arable land. There will be 15% less biodiversity and 1 billion people will be without water. And this is because of the continuous dependence on the conventional sources of meat, like pork, beef, and chicken. 
All these need substantial amount of vegetation, land, and you know what? They emit relatively high amounts of greenhouse gases. Insects, on the other hand, do not do that. It's only a few group of insects that emit some greenhouse gases at relatively very small amounts. As far as the processing of these insects go, would that not contribute to greenhouse gases? No, not at all. For instance, if you look at um, works that were done by Van Tom and his colleagues in 2014, insects contribute less, about 2% less greenhouse gases as compared to the conventional sources of meat. Insects are 15 times more efficient at converting what they eat into edible tissue as beef, about nine times more efficient than chicken and pork. So you see, these are some of the reasons why we should consume insects. So what about the nutrition value? Is it pretty akin to a piece of meat or another piece of protein that we would normally have? Well, I will tell you, if you take 100 grams of beef and 100 grams of an insect like the cricket, whereas the beef has 28 grams of protein, the cricket has 21 grams of protein. Whereas the beef has 14 milligrams of calcium, the insect has 88 milligrams. In terms of iron, whereas the beef has 15 RDA, that is the recommended daily allowance, the insect has 96 percent recommended daily allowance. Tell me why upon all these values which have been scientifically proven we why people should not still consume insects. Uh, actually, Dr. Ankari, can you tell us why this hasn't kind of taken the world by storm? I mean, all the um, the points that you've mentioned, the sustainability, the nutritional value, um, it seems it, it makes a lot of sense. Why isn't it that we as a people have not adopted this yet? I think it has to do with people's perceptions. People feel that in eating insects, it's um, is is disgusting, and 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 they fallacy that eating it is primitive, and and such related factors make insect consumption not so common. But I tell you. Some 15, 20 years ago, sushi was a no-go area for a lot of people. Now sushi is a big industry. And most big restaurants have sushi on their menus. So, and, I, and it is based on this that I feel that insects have the capacity to come and go into the menus of big restaurants in the next few years. You know, I gotta say, I, I get your, where you're going with the sushi, but getting a plate with some termites on it, I don't, I don't know if I could ever get used to that. Are, are there any alternatives to eating uh, an insect whole? Yes, um, we are actually doing um, various forms of um, preparing insects in various forms for people who don't feel comfortable consuming insects as whole. For instance, we have powdered forms. We are also thinking of canning them and um, putting them in the form of bread spread, okay. combining them with mayonnaise, with peanut butter, and 
putting them in the form of a magic cube that people will use as a seasoning for cooking. So these are the forms that we are envisaging instead of eating them as whole. Dr. Ankwari, this this almost sounds too good to be true. Are there any challenges or drawbacks that you have experienced or even any reasons why maybe consuming insects would not be as good of, a, of an idea as, you, as you're posing? I find it difficult to do that line of argument because insects are already consumed by over 2 billion people currently. And Market Watch, in a report in 2012, said there are currently about 450 million people buying insects and consuming. I mean, that might rise to about $1.2 billion in terms of revenue by 2021. So I think some of these things will motivate people who otherwise were thinking that they cannot make money by rare insects to venture into that business. I tell you, in the Congo Basin, one kilogram of the African palm weevil goes for $5. And in Ghana, you can sell it as high as $10 for a kilogram. So this is putting money in the pockets of people. So that is what I do as a full-time job in Ghana, and I'm able to pay my workers, pay myself. And the only thing is that I'm looking forward to producing them in, and training people in such a way that the price will go down for the ordinary Ghanaian to be able to buy. So what do you see for the world of entomophagy in the next 5 to 10 years? Wow. You see, some 31, 32 years ago, Bill Gates thought of putting a computer on every table around the world and people thought he was crazy. I draw great inspiration from this man. And I draw great inspiration from the story of sushi. So I know and I am working hard and I'm very optimistic that in the next 10 to 15 years, I and my company put edible insects on every dining table around the world. Jacob Anankware is a postdoctoral scholar in environmental sciences. He is the founder and CEO of Anirpare Farms, a company that raises insects for food and feed. His website is www.anepaarefarms.com. Isa Kajowski is a grad student in the University of Michigan School of Public Health. This podcast is a joint activity of IFPRI's Nourishing Millions Project and the Department of Nutritional Sciences at the University of Michigan School of Public Health. You can subscribe to this podcast and learn a lot more about IFPRI by going to the IFPRI website, www.ifpri.org, or the Nourishing Millions website, nourishingmillions.ifpri.info. Today's show was produced by Isa Kajowski, Andrew Jones, Zach Rosen, and me, Sivan Youssef. Zach Rosen edited our interview. Music from today's show comes from the Free Music Archive. Until next time, let's innovate, learn, and speed up progress on ending hunger and malnutrition. <laughs>